It's the Big Wake Up Call on AM 1280 WBIG. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and it's time for my next guest. He was my favorite host on MTV back when uh, MTV was a huge portion of my life. He's written a brand new book, All These Things I've Done, My Insane Improbable Rock Life, and it's Matt Pinfield. Welcome to the show. Ryan, it's great to be on the show, and I love hearing that Oasis in the background. Some might say, what a great song. I love that. Yeah, uh, boy, you tell a, a great story in the book about uh, an encounter with uh, Oasis, and I was I was happy to see you give them some recognition because, boy, I, I really thought they were going to be the new Beatles. They were they were probably my, my favorite band of that era. I love them. I sir, I love them. You know, I went and saw them about five times, and then, got, you know, of course, interviewed them on 120 um, and on MTV, and... I those the first two albums, and even when they were coming out with EPs that you could get, you know, that would have four songs on them from the UK. Some some of them they would release here. They every song was great. We used to joke around. I would talk to some of my other musician friends that were in bands, and I'd go, "Some of these B sides are better than you know, other bands' A sides." I mean, it, it was Noel Gallagher was on his like, incredible writing. You know, he, he was just so prolific at the time. He was just pouring great songs at himself. So Morning Glory, that album, and definitely maybe, um, and that B-Sides record, Master Plan. Great, great records, you know. So, uh, yeah, so that was nice. I, when, that, when that guitar part came on, I got really excited because I love that record. So thanks for having me on, though. I really appreciate it, Ryan. It's great. You know, it's exciting to have this book out. Um, it's been out now for two days, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's I've gotten a pretty great reaction to it, it, you know, the stories and everything, and I did a signing last night. Um, in New Jersey, in Jersey City, with Rob Sheffield from Rolling Stone, and it was—it's uh, it, you know—it's great. It, it's it was—it took me a, a year to write the book with my friend Mitchell Cohen, and he and I just happened to also be like vice presidents of A and R at Columbia Records. But he had had a background writing for Cream Magazine, The Village Voice, um, and you know, it was just a perfect person to help me get my story out there. So we. You know, it, it took us a year, but I'm so happy that it's actually out now. And uh, so it, it's fun. So tell me what other bands you loved. Who are you into? Well, it was so funny to see a, a reference in the book. And you made like a, a passing reference to uh, Inspiral Carpets. And I hadn't thought about them for about 20 years. But, uh, man, I, I, I totally bought into that whole uh, that Manchester scene with Stone Roses. and God, Happy even- Mondays. Yeah, every I loved all that stuff, too. And I spun it in clubs, you know, and went to see all those bands and funny you know it's yeah i mean it, it's the spiral carpets reference is great because we're talking about how no you know was a roadie for them yeah so uh but i loved all that stuff i really did i think it was uh, there was a lot of great things coming out at the time so uh yeah that's why i had to have, have an oasis uh, chapter in there you know as well as youtube bowie and metallic i mean the ramones so that you know that, that's the exciting thing about it it was uh just to be able to get some of some of those stories out and and, and put them down and have them, you know, in print so that people could read and kind of get the full background on. You know, I mean, the common thread is, I'm sure you have too, Ryan, is, is that love for music that you've had since you were just a young kid. And the music grabs a hold of you, um, and it becomes a lifelong thing. It just, you know, it never, it, you never lose that love. And, oh, yeah. Well, you write in the book, and I, I totally related to this, about buying records as a kid, and you'd go to a place like Woolworths. I got mine from, my dad would go to the hardware department at Sears, and I'd go over to the record department. And I think only people our age or older really will know what that's like, because you'd save up to buy an album, and it really meant something to you. So you'd listen to an album all the way through, you'd obsess over it. 
You really would. And, and then, you know, you had to give it time, too, because maybe, you know, it, t- it would take a couple of listens or you'd realize one of your favorite songs on that record, it, 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 it didn't stick with you until you heard it five or six, t- you know, times or however long. So, I mean, it was, I, I was the same way. It was the same thing. I was always running for the record department. You know what I mean? Since, since I was a kid. So, yeah, people our age can completely relate to that. And uh, it's that common thread, you know. Uh, so what were some of your favorite things that you loved over the years besides Oasis? Um, Oasis, I, I probably, uh, and, and thanks to, and, and, it's, and everyone has a story like this, thanks to an older brother's, uh, or, or a friend's cool older brother, I was probably the first kid in my junior high to, uh, to get into R.E.M., so I had a copy of Murmur before anybody had even heard of them. So it took, I, What a great album, right? Great band. You know, it's so, so cool. You know, so, yeah, just uh, looking back at that, you know, uh, I was born in Athens, Georgia, so, um, you know, where they, where they started. So, you know, that, that was, it, it, I, love, I love all those records. I was always so jealous of cities that had a scene, and then finally I was uh, in Chicago, and then uh, the, the scene came in the 90s, and the, and the record labels came and signed every single band from the city. Now, you talk about around the time the Pumpkins got signed? Yeah, right after the Pumpkins got signed. And then, oh, my God, Triple Fast Action and Smoking Popes and, uh, you know, Local H, and they all had uh, major label deals. Everybody, right? I know. It was amazing. Look, I, I think back about it because all those bands were on 120 Minutes with me on MTV. You know, we all like, interviewed all of those bands. So, yeah, it, it's cool. And do you get to Lollapalooza anymore out there when it, when it comes? Or is it a little, is it a little too crazy? It, sometimes. It's almost too crazy, but uh, but I like to go just to be the old man's like, I was at the first Lollapalooza, and, and try to get credibility that way. It doesn't work, but I still try. Yeah, well, I was like you. I was definitely at those early ones, you know what I mean? I remember the radio station that I was running in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and, and I think it was the second year when it was Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Ice Cube, uh, Lush, uh, I'm trying to think of chili yeah, peppers. Yeah, uh, Jesus and Mary Chain, I swear, went on before Pearl Jam, or like ahead of Pearl Jam. Like they were, they were bigger at the time. Yeah, I know Pearl Jam. Like that's what happened too. Wherever Pearl Jam had blown up immediately, so people were going nuts. And then it was hard for the Mary Chain. I remember Jim Reed of the Jesus and Mary Chain said to me, "Oh man, I'm, we're not used to going on before it's dark." <laughs> yeah, pretty funny, <laughs> you know, because with Dan, you know, the goth overtones. Uh, for those people listening, but they, um, yeah, you know, I, and they've reformed recently. I went and saw them play. Uh, but anyway, yeah, those, uh, when, it, when it used to travel, that was something else. I mean, now they do it, it's just an international festival. So, but yeah, man, so, uh, you know, Ryan, it's, 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 been, it's been a really cool ride for me, you know, the opportunity to have, um, you know, uh, when, you know, obviously at our age, when MTV started and when I first got into music, there was no MTV. Uh, at that period of time, so it was you know it was it was a radio that my father and I built you know he built really the AM transmitter in my basement that went one block you know what I mean I used beat up turntables and, and a Radio Shack mixer because we didn't really have any money um, and would broadcast and get the other kids in the neighborhood to be DJs on there um, you know because I just wanted to play music and be you know and be on the radio so badly and, and love the music. And then did college radio, and then you know alternative uh, nightclubs, DJing, and and then started running. You know, worked at a radio station until I ended up becoming music director and program director. So, and that was great. It was it was a time when everything was breaking, and then I got the opportunity to go into the music department at MTV and help and program videos when 
bands were actually being broken. And, you know, it, it really meant, you know, at that period of time, let's just say, uh, they were creating pop culture and music culture, not just chasing it like they do now. Yeah. With BMAs once a year, you know what I mean? So. Oh my God, Matt! We could we could talk for hours. I, I wish we had more time. I know you got a, a busy tour for the book, but uh, absolutely loved it. I love you've never been afraid to start a conversation with anybody. And uh, the new book is all these things that I've done by our guest uh, Matt Pinfield. Matt, great to talk to you, and uh, and and come back anytime. We'll talk rock and roll. I love that, Ryan. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it.